2: is an outrage broadcasting live
0: from the kvec studios in san luis obispo what economy are you talking about it's time for mortgage matter.
3: hey good morning everybody welcome to the show it's uh, usual it's the usual saturday shuffle around here uh dan's gone so i got
4: will barnaby what up will what's going on there jason thanks for coming in today no worries no worries Where's Dad off to?
3: You know, I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, yeah. He sent a list last week of... Uh, Dates he was going to be It was be mostly around. soccer games because his two kids oh, are playing that's right. soccer. That's right. And he didn't want to miss soccer,
4: so... Well, I didn't want to miss soccer. He either. was watching it yesterday. Did you miss, he was are watching you missing some bust. soccer today? Not my kids, but, you know, the Premier League's on. Oh, I don't even know what d- that means. I did get to see uh, Liverpool beat Tottenham, but I'm sure you don't even know what that means. Mm-mm. It was brilliant. My daughter
3: has a soccer game this morning, but she had one last night, so I got to watch that one. Yeah, there you go. I figured one in 24 hours is enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't watch a lot of soccer yeah um, I mean you look like the kind of guy that watches soccer well, you know I grew up they there. kept they kept having uh like off sides and I'm like, what do you mean I don't and so that's one of those things i I feel
4: uh, <laughs> like you don't get that rule. I don't even
3: yeah, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot else yeah that seems confusing well, sometimes they put the ball in weird places for kicking, and I don't know what Delineates like when it goes to the that box in front of the
4: goal, or over to the corner, or you a corner know, kick, or goal. It depends on who kicks it out. The offside rule is a little bit more difficult to explain. And that might put people to sleep if we try to do that on the radio.
5: Anyhow, what I get don't get about soccer is lots of parts of the world. It's called football. Yeah, and what we, we we call it football. You know, something that really you has read, not a whole lot foot. to do with your feet. Yeah, <laughs> it's mostly passing, and there's kicking. Yeah. a little bit but yeah. i think that's kind of it makes I mean, a whole lot more soccer. sense yeah. for
4: soccer to be called football F- football <laughs> yeah
5: for sure yeah. for sure i figure it was
3: like some some corn fed ohio boys that invented football and they were like like American football, and uh-huh. they were like, they call that football. L- let's show them what football really is. And then they just started smashing their heads together. <laughs> but throw it. Show them you can throw it.
4: <laughs> we kick
3: it and we throw it.
4: Oh, man. I don't know. Oh, man. What's the history there? How that came to be football, who knows? Tell you what, though, um the UEFA final, right? I show up to uh Pappy McGregor's early in the morning. And there's fifty British soccer hooligans for Liverpool fans sitting on the back. It was a blast chanting and you know, singing. The rest of the bar, the rest of the that restaurant. fun. Yeah, the rest of the Senior. restaurant really had no idea what the heck yeah. to think about it. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, I don't know what it was for it was a big
3: deal. Mm. I was in Boston in Little Italy. Yeah part of Boston that's actually, like, pretty awesome, Little Italy. All of Boston, I think, is pretty rad. I like Boston. anyways, there Mm. was a soccer match going on that Italy was involved in, and it may have been, like, a final, like, a big deal. Yeah. Because we were warned by several people that if this game was won, that we probably were going to, like, miss the train. And (laughs) sure enough, there was a, like... I mean, I wouldn't call it a riot because they didn't, like, ruin anything or anything, but there was a lot of people made getting around pretty difficult. Oh, a lot of very people excited. in small spot. They were very excited. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's fun. My daughter's
4: soccer team is less exciting than that. Quite a bit. hmm I see. How old is she now? Nine. So she's playing U10. So they finally got uh, goalkeepers.
3: Yeah, they have that. Yeah, there you go.
4: There you go. Which I
3: thought was a goalie, but that's not right. That's hockey or something? It's <laughs> the same thing. Goalie. Same thing?
2: Yeah,
4: keeper. Just put on a shirt and some it's gloves. It's like, you and... know, football and soccer. Yeah. Put yeah. <laughs> on a shirt and some gloves. <laughs> that's all there is to it. Uh, you and know? then
3: as soon as the ball gets close, all of the parents and the coaches are like, pick it up, pick it up,
6: <laughs> grab it, pick it up.
3: But nobody else is allowed to pick it
4: up. Yeah, that is true. That much I know. There you go. You're, you're getting an education. Yeah.
3: Um. Well, this is a not a soccer show. The soccer show is a few doors
5: down, right, Jim? <laughs> well, golf, soccer. You know, I was going to say there was a
4: golf pro, <laughs> pretty from, much golf. <laughs> golf. I just was, saw from Paso Country Club, down, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I think they were doing that just a couple doors down. Yeah. You know what's they're
3: on right after us. So it's funny those guys walked out and they looked like golfers. The golf show guys. Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm Yeah,
2: good hey
3: guys we... <laughs> actually, <laughs> and we look like some bums. <laughs> Those are the guys that give out houses. Uh, well, why yeah. do
4: they look homeless? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday. It's yeah.
3: Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we wore collared shirts all week, and we're tired, man. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, and they still look like golf pros down the hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, they get to play golf all week, so right and right. teach people to play golf <laughs> yeah i think we might have so, got it wrong no i think that uh no they're good guys it's a good show too so it's on espn no it's no. it's on kvc right after it this show is? yeah golf talk oh, oh. foot in mouth mm-hmm. it's right after this right show? after this show no Callin', way yeah. how bear? long we're has that all, been going on for we're all local shows on saturday mornings here on kvc now um it's uh six months okay yeah, so that could be
3: why. I haven't yeah. even been here that much in the last six months. Yeah,
5: yeah. I think something like that. Huh, good cool. Guys. Yeah.
3: Well, I'll have to listen. Yeah, it's a good show. I mm-hmm. like golf. Mm-hmm. Although I'm going to have to hang it up soon. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Oh, my son's about to beat me. Oh. Yeah. He plays for the high school golf team, and he's just starting to get pretty good. And he hasn't beat me yet, but there's been a few times where I'm like, Man, I might have to cheat to like to beat this kid.
4: Well, you know, you just got to get in his head. My son wow. is a way better golfer than me.
5: But I've I can, seen I, you golf. I, I can
4: mess with him. <laughs> I can mess <laughs> with him the whole not, time. That's not just same. throwing <laughs> that
5: don't forget I keep a roof over your head thing. Uh, that, one of those, <laughs> is
4: that one of those new titleless boomerang balls. <laughs> that's
5: amazing. Hey, I have some good
4: days. <laughs> I, I have some not so good days. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, well, it's always fun for me to get you on the show and get a different point of view. And, uh, you, you have, you have some different points of view. Occasionally. And you started to say about soccer that you're, uh, that you're into soccer because.
4: Oh, where I grew up. I grew up watching it. Yeah. I I lived in England for a while, so there wasn't a premier league back then, but the top flight league became the premier league so kind of um, the same thing
3: okay yeah yeah so you moved around
4: yeah yeah been
3: to some different places have some different experiences and that obviously shapes a little bit about uh how you view things your personality are you keeping up with world economies lately i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> I was trying to pull up in my notes this morning. I read this. uh, I was one of the investors that we work with sent me. um, Well, not me. Part of a distribution list where this guy was sending around information about uh, various kind of various little economic updates. But he mentioned um, England and. I can't find it. I, I thought, oh, that's not that interesting. Um, I mean, it was interesting enough I read it, and then I was like, well, I'm probably not going to clip it. It wasn't probably something I want to talk about. And then ever since I moved past it, I keep thinking about it. So then I went back and tried to find it. And now you can't find it. And now I can't find it, at least not very easily. Was it um, an email
4: about not coming to was... an agreement on
3: Brexit? No, it was just, he was talking about um some of the uh accommodative policies that they still got working over in England right now. Yeah. Um and their GDP, their their interest rate and um really struck me as like wow, man, they are behind where we are and really kind of sitting on the edge um have you guys begun? How we introduce Brian? Brian's sitting in here with headphones on. We haven't even told everybody that he's here yet. Brian's here. Um, Brian Lopez from Tedham Insurance. Um, my insurance guy now. I thank you very much for that opportunity. Yes, my insurance guy. Are you? Are you doing your insurance with Brian? That would be awkward if you weren't. Brian also has my insurance. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Um, Smart guy. Been around. You're going for mayor or something, right? Isn't that your gig? You well, want to be mayor one at day? At some
7: point in my life, I want to be mayor of Paso Robles. That's my my long-term goal. Okay. But in the short term right now, you're an insurance guy. I am an insurance guy. We do all the stuff for personal lines. That's why you're my you're my client. Uh, we also do commercial and agricultural. So basically, if you live here, work here on the Central Coast, we've got
3: the ability to insure you whatever it is that you're into, whatever it is you're doing. Um. Okay. And before we move on from the quick intros, so what? Why you? There's an insurance shop on every corner.
7: Uh, you know what? I, <laughs> you, oh no, you're absolutely right. Uh, why us? It really comes down to we've we've been in the neighbor we've been in the community for for 40 years. Um, and you know, service means something to us. It's not a word we say. It's something that we live by. But more than anything, I think is we're an independent agency. We're not we're not branded. You didn't say, hey, it's Brian with Company X or Y or Z. Now, we're an independent agency and we've got access to pretty much um, all of the big names. You know, Brad Paisley sings about one of our insurance companies and <laughs> another insurance company we deal with has a red umbrella that comes through the, the commercials. Um, we've got the ability to shop all the markets and make sure that you're not only getting the best coverage for what you need, but we're also getting you the best value for your insurance dollar. And that's something that we can do because we're an, an independent agency. You're welcome uh i wanted I wanted to
3: just lobby you that softball. well, one of the things that I like about it, and I think the reason it appeals to me is because that's also how we are, you know um I spend a lot of time trying to explain to people that um and I don't know we we can get to this part of whether it's the same in the insurance business or not, but I don't work for just quicken. Um, We have Quicken as an approved investor. They've reviewed us and our company, our resumes and financials, and said, yes, you guys can sell our products and we'll buy them from you. Um, That being said, I I haven't sold a loan to Quicken maybe ever. We've been approved of them for like six years. They're no good. Their rates are too high. They have... Um you know what we call overlays and these conservative elements that make them not as competitive as other companies that are hungrier and and out being more aggressive to buy the business, so that's the natural place that we go um I assume the insurance game is similar absolutely we we are we are
7: we are working with companies that you would see advertise on a Sunday
3: and we could sell their insurance products do just... you so for us though like if I do a quicken loan, it's actually cheaper than if you go. Straight to Quicken. Is it that way for you guys, or is it is the premium more or less the same, but you're getting the better service of getting you as the liaison? Uh, I would. It's going to be the same price because yeah. the, the the
7: underwriting happens behind the scenes. It's not it's not where it, it originates. My IP address versus your IP address, right? But uh, no, it, it's it would be the same. Based on who you are, how many tickets you've gotten, and all that fun stuff, you know what kind of a risk you are, that and, makes and sense. that would be. So, if you were to go online with one of my carriers, or if I went online and did it, you should end up
3: at the same price. Yeah, you know, if, if the information was entered in the same, but which no, is yeah. interesting. I mean, and it's worth pointing out because usually, and I say this a lot in my industry, I'm, I'm telling people usually when you add a middleman, you're they they mark it up, right? Like if I if I sell fine leather sofas and I'm the dude with the shop you know down on Marsh, and all of a sudden I'm I make myself the middleman, right? Then now the consumer is going to pay more for having my service up in the middle. Um, However, in this world, in the mortgage world, it's one of the only industries I can think of where having a middleman will actually make it cheaper for you. In your case, not necessarily going to make it cheaper, it's going to make it a lot easier. But also give you access, right? Right. It, it, it I is, would have to go to ten different companies to figure out what you can figure out in ten minutes. Exactly. And,
7: and like you, uh, you know, I exactly how you said that. I may, I simplify the process, and I am not paid by the the client. Uh, the person who gets the insurance is not the one who's paying me. You don't pay me a dime. The insurance company pays me because I actually have a fiduciary responsibility. Big word for Saturday morning. A fiduciary responsibility to make sure that I am representing their interests to the best of my ability. So I am kind of pre-screening their clients. You know, if you come to me and we're having a conversation, and you just let it slip that you may or may not have had a DUI seven years ago, and you just can't wait for that to get off your record, I have to disclose that information. Whereas if you were on the the internet using their web form, you may just leave that out because, Uh, well, you know, let's just see what let's see how long until they find out. They'll find out, by the way,
3: but that that I am pre-screening. Well, and I would be more worried. This is the thing about like doctors and insurance people is I'd be more worried that withholding information from you is going to lead to a bigger problem down the road. And Absolutely, like, like with the doctor, obviously you need to tell them the truth so they can best help you. Yes, <laughs> with the insurance guy, <laughs> and same thing like with an employer. So you BS and you leave it off the application, or you you fail to disclose this thing. Well, now there's grounds to not cover you later when you need it the most. And they might even, I could see these, and no offense, I could see these dirty insurance companies knowing that you lied and sitting on that info of like, well, just take this dude's premium for as long as he's going to pay us. And then when the thing comes up, there's just click this tab over here. This is where he lied. And then we won't have to pay the claim that if that actually was happening that
7: would be that would be fraud on the part of the insurance company's oh, side oh good okay so, so typically <laughs> <laughs> i am I'm, I'm coming from this because i have actually had the opportunity where someone did not disclose that they got and that's that's you know 101 you come into my office i'm going to have a, you know we're going to have a conversation and one of them is do you have any convictions based in your auto that i need to know about do you have a
3: dui do you have a trampoline oh you 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 will not let that go is your dog part pitbull <laughs> <laughs> do you ever drink and do stir fry? <laughs> yes. Have you fried a turkey yeah. ever. <laughs> ever? Even one time? <laughs> Dude, I was at a Thanksgiving party one time when a knucklehead fried a turkey. Pro tip, pro tip here. If you're ever going to fry a turkey, um, make sure it's thawed. Yeah. Can, can be can't be frozen. Don't do it frozen. No, you don't want frozen. I, I hope everybody issues. realizes that, but take your huge, pot that you're going to fill with gallons and gallons and gallons of oil put the turkey in it fill the oil to the level that you want take the turkey out get the oil hot this dude eyeballs it right oh that's about what do you think about half oh let's go two-thirds the turkey's not that big so now the oil is like smoking piping hot right dude takes a turkey drops the turkey in, two gallons of oil overflow out of the pot, right? So now there's a lake of burning oil, (laughs) and you can't go deal with it because the flame's in the middle of the island of fire. (laughs) So, uh, dude, it's just like, whoa! And now what? You're going to grab a hose and spray out your oil fire?
5: Which, by the way, you don't want to do either. Anyways,
3: I was at that party... (laughs) That's a stressful situation. It was actually kind of cool, though, is that the oil also made it into the pool. And then the pool was, like, on fire, too. It was, like, a cool effect. Luckily, it was all concrete. Um, but it was just kind of wild. Like, dude, when is this going to stop? Because the thing, of course, is cooking over and spattering burning oil everywhere it's pretty fun i'd have to say that
7: i am like at equal size my insurance agent side is is freaking out i'm gonna start biting my nails but the other half of me really 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 wants to see this on video i I would i would love to be at that party and i'd have to make the decision do do, a do i insure this property and if i don't do i like this person enough to help or do i just want to take two steps back and just watch the
3: fire rain I have I'm one of 3 one of 4 boys in my family. I have three brothers. They're all firefighter paramedics. I don't when this this is this is when I play the I'm just a sales guy. <laughs> you guys get
6: in there. Get in there. Is there another beer? <laughs> I'm going to grab a beer.
7: You guys start showing me what you know. <laughs> that would be the perfect time to play that card and that that sounds wonderful. But uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, we can save I've got people coming to me that you know either they're they're former military and that hey man we've got the best insurance through uh, USAA or or you know I've been with uh, another company with a lot of vowels in it for for thirty four years I know they're giving me the best rate and I routinely beat them because Is, I do have that access to markets they don't have access to
3: yeah well and I I. Wanted to go on a tangent there. The USAA thing bugs me a little bit, too, because it's (laughs) sold like it's if you're a veteran, if you're listening to this, thank you for your service. Um, USAA, it's like, well, we speak your language. You know, we know what a DD-214 is and and these kind of things, right? Well, they almost have like a captive audience because of this. And my experience has been that they're very expensive. You Um, are 100% correct. I always tell people in terms of their insurance, too. um, By the way, it was really hard for me to switch. You knew that. Mm -hmm. Um, The person that I was with, I really liked. I knew I was paying more than I should, but I really liked the service. And, um, you know, I'd been there for a couple years. And it's just hard, I think, to break up with someone, you know. So not something you did. I just want to save some money. Um, and But anyway... People don't really check on their insurance. So you've got, like, you, you go to this place, and at one time, they were the best deal, right? In 1997. And so now here you are, the house you bought for one hundred and forty dollars and it's now... How long has it been since ninety seven? 21 years, years. later. <laughs> it's worth $800,000. Yeah, and that company might have had a board meeting where they're like, we don't really want to be the good deal anymore and we're just going to keep jacking premiums until we're balling and then you know people that keep paying that they're just going to pay that i know that that happens a hundred percent so i like i tell people hey check in on that uh it's just a smart thing to do and you can just tell your agent every every two years let's just go two years it feels like a nice long stretch but every two years just look into it are you are you still at the right place do you still have the right? Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> there's a good video. I was at one that was better than that
4: Jim.
5: <laughs> really? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: The people listening have no idea what I'm No we're idea about
5: this guy's garage just this Look, gone this guy's got in you know? a Weber. He's like, "I'm yeah. going to continue this <laughs> <It was> terrible <laughs> idea." But yeah. he didn't He didn't at all. Oh. Yeah, not a good idea
4: to- uh, open fire uh fire. open fire frying of a turkey. <sighs> Anyway. Yeah, no, but you're absolutely right, Jason, and, and that's – if you're
7: – you are a client of mine, and everyone who is a client of mine, every other year is a good time to take a look at what you've got. Are you covered correctly? Have you added a vehicle? Have you subtracted it? You wouldn't believe – your kid turned 16? Yeah. You, Gasp. You wouldn't believe how many people we talk to six months down the road and go – I, I don't drive that anymore. I sold that six months ago. Well, okay, well, let your insurance agent know. We'll take that off your policy. You're Why paying, are you still paying? Yeah, you're paying to insure a vehicle you don't even own. Congratulations. I had that happen.
3: You know, and, and, and I also had that the final straw when I left the agent that I was with, I had it happen where I had I followed up like four times like over a thirty day period each time. So over the course of four months I called up um over uh, one of the vehicles that needed to be insured, which I assumed was like I should only have to call once, right? Yes. And then I remind you, oh, that's an underwriting. I'll follow up with them and get back to you, and then come back and like, hey, I never heard back from you, and like, oh, that's weird. Whoa, I'm out. That was that was ultimately what happened with me. But um, I was totally uninsured for four months, and thank God nothing went wrong. But whose fault is that? Uh, your agent. And by the way, you were insured under your your agents. Uh, policy, your agent's uh, errors and admissions policy. So I should have just kept my lips shut and kept those emails, <laughs> and then I could have been getting free premiums.
7: Uh, well, but yeah, had something happened, you would have had to
3: hire a lawyer. And you would have had to go to court to – I don't want to do that. I'd rather pay the – $25, that case, $30. Bucks. Yeah, it was 30, <laughs> 300 bucks a year or something for that.
7: That's the reality of, of – of, now, someone who's been drug into a court a couple times, um, <laughs> I, I will say this to anybody. Insurance is not – there's no value there, right? You don't walk around with a new shirt because you paid your insurance. You don't walk around – your your car isn't shinier because you paid your premium. You, you paid money and it went away. <laughs> but what you're actually doing is you're paying you get out of court free is what you just paid for that 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 is if i do something it, you know Ill, not illegal but against the rules of the road or if something happens that's bad i don't have to get dragged into court i just call up my agent and say this happened and i've got insurance and you get to take care of it i agree with you
3: um the the reason that i have The higher, electively higher insurance with the umbrella, though, Um, I met a guy that accidentally ran a dude over. Ow! Oh, it was a guy was like on a scooter, was late in the day, and he turned, pulled out onto a street where um, the sun was in front of him, and, you know, he thinks he was paying good enough attention, but he had a lot on his mind. And he made a right turn onto a street and there was a dude in front of him on a scooter going forward. And he really just didn't see the guy ran over the back of him. So dude ends up in a wheelchair. He's like 24 years old and uh, um, his parents, like he'd have to take care of him now. His whole life is really upside down. And, but anyways, the guy that hit him, he didn't have very good insurance So he felt terrible. Like this guy knew that he was perfectly at fault. It was just an accident, but he had such terrible insurance that the thing like maxed out that wasn't enough to take care of this dude whose life he essentially ruined. And he didn't have anything else. Like he didn't, he couldn't, he felt like if I had a million bucks, I would give it to this family, that I just destroyed, but I don't. And he had insurance that was like, they paid like, you know, 60 grand or something stupid. And then everyone tried to sue everyone, and there was just, it wasn't enough. So I, I, like I said, I don't want to go to court too, but in the event that I do something really, you know, unfortunately awful like that, I want to know, is like, whoa, I paid the extra 40 bucks that year. And that, whatever happens, I, I can just feel like, man, I, I, I did my part, you know, to make sure that, wrongs were covered and compensation is available and you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's really
7: – that is the conversation for an umbrella because a lot of people kind of say to you, what is an umbrella? What does it do? How does it work? It, it It's exactly what it sounds like. It is an additional layer of protection over your underlying coverage. So you still have your auto and you still have your homeowner's insurance that are going to cover fire, theft and all of those things that may may happen to those assets. Right. But this really is an extension of liability. Like you're saying exactly you know you hit it exactly on the head, we've actually at the agency had uh I can, off the top of my head, I can think of three uh that I've been told about where we someone's been driving a car, which I think I've told you before it's the most dangerous thing you could possibly do, and we all after, do it after
3: turkey frying
7: uh, I mean yeah. still <laughs> Tur- turkey frying the worst thing you're gonna do is you're gonna you know you're gonna blacken part of your house, but in an automobile, things can go so so wrong, so so fast. So fast. Yeah, so so fast, and it's exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Vineyard Drive in in Paso Robles is it's a beautiful scenic drive that takes you to all the wineries out there on the west side. You're driving down that, and and it's it's it undulates. It's hills, valleys, hills, valleys, and you're going to turn left into the newest winery that you have to go check out. And you look straight ahead, and there's no car there. You turn left, and here comes a motorcycle up over the hill, Eesh. and you clip them and it's a young man he's probably he's not yet 30 and you've taken off his uh his left leg yeah it's an accident you didn't see there's no maliciousness there you haven't even had anything to drink but you just the circumstances presented themselves and it just turns into a tragedy have a million bucks insurance for that dude the, your 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 policy which usually end up being 10 or 15 bucks a month is a million dollar bill you pull out of your pocket and you hand over and say it's about fifteen bucks a month. Yeah, you know. So he, he, this is your opportunity to, to to say you know no matter what happened there here's a million dollars to make sure that that you don't come after my assets that I'm not selling my house or my you know I'm and and I'm not going to court three days a week uh, three days a month to try and fight this out with a lawyer at three hundred and fifty dollars an hour.
3: Yeah. Oh, insurance right there next to taxes. Just kidding. kidding. (laughs) Uh, It's break time. So we'll do a quick commercial break, take some time out to thank the sponsors. Hey, if it wasn't for these guys, you'd have to pay to listen right now. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, stay close to the radio, guys. We'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters.
0: To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920.
3: We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
1: Just call 543 loan. coast lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328-358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. You're tuned into Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to
0: 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show.
3: back you guys i got brian lopez here he's an insurance dude from paso and um he's a good agent i am an insurance dude you are an insurance dude I'm, I'm you talk not... about insurance on friday night at a cocktail party i know you do
7: you uh ask my wife she'll tell you a hundred percent yes i i i do i love it it, it fascinates me That's how we are it, we, we, you know what? We're compartmentalizing risk. You know, I, 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 <laughs> I, I feel like in one way or another, we, I'm finding I'm using the, the combination lock to, to find the the secret that protects you or protects me. or And then, of course, you get into those little fun things. What if two people are doing something and they collide with each other? Who's at fault? How do we assign the blame? It's just it's a fun mental exercise to get all the way to the end is, you know, how how did this happen? Who's most likely at blame? And how the how are the lawyers going to argue it? Because that's really what you're insurancing. You know, what your insurance is for is to insure against risk and liability. And yeah. the, the lawyers want to assign it to somebody.
5: I got sure. a question for you. Actually we talked about this on the show before this a little bit, the Motor Mouse. And with a with an accident, is it always better to have a police report if it's the insurance first of all the the police
7: will not always respond to an accident
5: yeah but if it's i mean out on a you know on a major road or something like that is it always better for the insurance company to have the police report because there's conflicting stories sometimes the
7: the even a police report Mm -hmm. um a police report can help you it can hurt you it it's not a bad policy so it's Mm -hmm. not bad to have one Mm mm-hmm but if 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 one is being made, you better put your voice in on that, mm-hmm. because if Party A gets to talk to the sheriff 48 minutes after you've left, mm-hmm. and your side of the story is not being recorded in that document, mm-hmm. that is problematic. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's a situation where we're we're both going to sit here for 48 minutes and wait for the sheriff to arrive, and both of
3: us get. I had that experience, kind of well by by proxy with my wife who. Uh, was involved in an accident mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and her and the occupants of her vehicle say that a person ran a red light and hit her
6: mm-hmm.
3: and so she got in this accident pulled over the side of the road I wasn't there she called me I went down to assist and there was a police officer there at the time a Tascadero PD and he said um, you know Everybody okay, let's get the cars out of the road, over the side of the road, start taking reports. He wants to know if all the kids were in were they in seatbelts and car seats and stuff. And he, you know, of course, yes, all this is all good and stuff. And then um I asked him, so well, you know, what's your best idea of what happened here? And he said, Oh, we know what happened. I said, You do? So what happened? He said, Yeah, a witness came straight into the police station, which is about two miles away from where the accident was, a mile and a half, Um, person came straight to the police station and say that this car, my wife's car, ran this light and hit this car. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, that's not what she believed happened. And understand as a driver involved in an accident, especially if there's a dispute over who ran a red light, a witness would be helpful the occupants of the car, which some of them were old enough to know, like, no, our light was green. We went, that car ran red light and hit us. Mm-hmm. And um, the cop was basically like, well, no, there's a witness that said otherwise. Yeah. And we were like, wait, well, who's the witness? Well, they didn't stay. They didn't leave a name. Like, hang on a minute. And that dude put it in the report that a witness just for no other reason than just in good faith just came and offered up that the minivan ran the red light. And I'm like, whoa. And yeah. then and so that was that. Nobody else wanna talk anymore more about that. Um there was no far as like State Farm was concerned, everyone they were like, well you could go to court if you want and fight that. And I was like, oh Which they would cover or whatever, because I had, you know, all the good insurance there too. But I'm like, this is so dumb. The person That just said that, like, thanks a bunch. That was really unhelpful. Um, But that was the gig. And then, of course, the girl um, from the other car, she was like, oh, it hurt my knee, which I think, I don't know. I suspect wasn't exactly
5: true. And now it's an
3: injury accident. Tort reform. Yeah. Mandatory points and stuff. And I'm like, man.
5: Well, I had the same kind of issue. I don't know if you remember a few years ago. Yeah, you got in a bad wreck. Over there, yeah. And then then I had an accident over there uh, when we were on Zaka Lane. I was actually late for the show. (laughs) And um, the guy came through off a tank farm and said, you know, he even told the policeman, I came through on an orange light. And the policeman's like, I don't see an orange light up there. Did you come through on the red, the yellow, or the green light? Well, I guess I came through on the red well then you're at fault but you know his story even changed with the policeman (laughs) on the orange yeah Yeah. and it's like the orange light there isn't one up there there's red green and yellow you know so you know i just the stories change and that's where I kind of wonder about, you know,
7: I, I got into an accident here in San Luis Obispo, and I drove my my limping car to the police station to make a report. Yeah. She would, I buzz the button. She goes, yeah. uh, "What are you here for? I have to, I have to file a report. I just got into a, an auto accident. Mm-hmm. Why? So you can claim against the uh, insurance yeah. company?
6: Yeah.
7: I'm sorry, I've my first auto accident, it's the first time ever. Uh-huh.
3: I am the insurance company. Yeah. Well, now
7: I am. Back then, I was a produce <laughs> exporter. I was oh. a whole different <laughs> life. But no. It, <laughs> It always helps to document these things, uh, but in the end, insurance companies are looking for the easiest way to get to a solution. Mm-hmm. And and this is where people kind of get a little angry with their insurance companies sometimes. Is yeah, they could clear your name and they could take the points off of your record if they fought it, mm-hmm. but it's going to cost them twenty eight thousand dollars in attorneys' fees to get there. Mm-hmm. The, the cost of the claim it doesn't it doesn't satisfy right. what their goal. Their goal is to get to the what's the lowest number we can use to solve this situation, mm-hmm. and and it wasn't my fault and I want to be exonerated well we'll we'll pay the claim mm-hmm. but we're not going to exonerate you that's yeah. not that's not what we're our assets aren't on the line for that mm-hmm. so so yes is it best to have a police report respond while both parties are in are in the the situation yes that's best mm-hmm. is, is that going to happen with the sheriff are you going to wait for the sheriff to show up if yeah. it's in town are you you know are you going to get an unbiased uh report?
5: Yeah, sometimes that it's you know, a I've had that issue too because I did have one out by Yosemite one time, and the sheriff has to come all the way from Mariposa. Uh huh. So Yeah, that's a that's a long. you uh, on. I got it on. I got it on. But um, you Yeah, you're on now. I just had your mic off, but you're good now. All right. But um, but uh, yeah, so sometimes it does take a while, but in this instance, the you know, there was. You know, more than one vehicle involved. So there's, there are several vehicles involved. So and and yeah.
7: we're we're moving into this this, in this peak vigilance. We are going to be in a situation where every new car is going to come with an onboard dash cam. Yeah, and, true. And every time you fire up that vehicle, it, an SD card is recording the the video from three angles. What are you doing? What's happening out the front? What's happening out the back? And it's going to be recorded uh, in real time. And, and if there's an accident, they're going to just pull the footage and 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 find out how it should go. what happened? I mean, you know there's a little bit of police state that that happens there and and there's there's questions that arise um you know you you look down uh, you look down at your shoe at the same moment that your your screen lights up on your cell phone. were you checking your messages? no, I bu- bug bit my ankle and I was just looking down to see what the heck it was. Mm. you know it, it, there's that you know and now what it's on video it's proof.
4: So yeah, I got an odd one. Um, not to go down that rabbit hole, but another car deal. So a buddy of mine, right? He has a big ranch, and uh, his uh, one of his employees is driving the tractor down the road on uh, well South River Road. Okay. Puts the turn signal on. The car behind it, behind the tractor, mm-hmm. decides to try to pass at that moment. Is it double yellow right there? I don't believe so. I'm not confident but uh he's in the he's going he stops to wait for oncoming traffic turns on his turn signal from a stop goes to make the turn the car from behind him goes to go around it okay hold don't on. answer hold on hold on the lady says to the cop that responds to the policeman that responds sorry that the turn signal meant for her to pass like that was her indication that's oh. why she decided to go blink, around blink blink yeah yeah my
3: turning indicator is letting you know that this is a passing indicator
4: now the pass, the passing indicator, yeah, the whole thing right <laughs> it's so, called a turning indicator it's turn- <laughs> <laughs> in the manual has an indicator now it's listen
3: indicating
7: listen, a turn
4: listen listen so this seems relatively obvious right apparently not so relatively obvious we'll get a couple lawyers involved in- oh now we have- yeah you know it's like okay so the lady that's behind you while you're stopped in a single lane decides to try to go around you as you're turning, and somehow there's liability on the person making the turn. Now granted, this For is real? a giant enormous that that's how well initially the response they got was, oh no, absolutely not. This is but yes, as it's progressed, there's been some liability placed upon them. Um first of all, just a,
3: the novice guy over here. Uh uh-huh. if I get involved with a tractor some kind of a wreck with a tractor out on a highway that's not like a registered street legal vehicle. I assume that if we tangle,
4: it's just on the dude with the tractor on the road. That is just, I just, that. Well, this is not a highway. This is a, a small country road that divides. A it's a branch. road. Yeah, right? it's a road. It's a road. It's paved. It's patrolled. Yeah, yeah. Um.
3: I I did this the other day. I got this guy going down El Camino Real in a big old loader with a bucket full of sand and the thing's bouncing up and down and the dude's trying to go 30, which has got to be top speed for this 40-ton machine. Monstrosity. And I'm thinking, dude, should that thing even be on the highway? And if you're a cop, can you bust this guy for, like, you know, I, I just feel like in that situation if you're in a tractor mm-hmm. which like in look i'll just play the i'll just play the uh devil's advocate plaintiff's <laughs> attorney here <laughs> uh, your honor my client's confused she's not used to interacting with heavy equipment like tractors out on public highways?
4: Yeah, this was not a public highway, far from El Camino.
3: And I understand it's a turning indicator. We all accept that on a vehicle, it's a turning indicator. In this case, it appeared to be, because he stopped, you know, it appeared to be his safe effort of communicating that she should go around him, and he should have, like, been, like, I've, my boy's 16 right now, right? He's learning how to drive. I haven't let him get his license yet, but we're working diligently towards that, and I And my lesson with him every time we drive, and this is sort of life's mantra right now, too, is just about anticipating. Constantly anticipate. Life is best when you're anticipating all of the outcomes. Think about what could go right, what could go wrong, what is most likely. What are the ramifications of this decision Anticipate, anticipate, anticipate. Car ahead, car behind, people on the shoulder, anticipate. We have to constantly be in a state of anticipation. The dude driving the tractor should have anticipated that the little old lady in the car behind him could get confused at him stopping on the side of the road before he makes a left turn in a tractor. It was in the middle of the
4: road <laughs> he was on the side. I'm just saying. This is, you this, know this what is I'm a, saying, though? I, I, I get your, uh, your attorney... You know, play there, but the reality <laughs> it's is not a play. The reality is, you're in a lane. It's a two two lane road, middle of nowhere, far from El Camino, mm-hmm. and the lady's confused because she doesn't know what a turn signal is on a tractor. Though. Yeah, let's be real. But honest. you know, as far as <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes <trackers laughs> and it's not a, a small turn signals. Too, this is a so this you know. is a big big machine. Yeah, yeah. who's driving it? 16-year-old kid. No, no. I don't feel like I should say, but no, not a 16-year-old Somebody kid. Somebody with experience. Somebody with experience. Yeah. I kind of
5: feel like, you know, we live in a rural area. There's lots of farms, and maybe you should expect to see farm equipment. On oh, some look ways. at you. But, you know. <laughs> on the high horse. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I,
3: yeah, I pass highway all the time. Runs for my payload. Yeah, I've heard yeah. the song. But when no, it comes... I, I agree with you, Jim. Yeah. And I think, actually... Yeah. Um, no, uh, yesterday a client called uh-huh. me up and was calling back to the conversation we were having a few weeks ago about the caller who said, well, you never own your house. No. It's actually just a ripoff. And, and my comment back was like, dude, there's a paved road going to your house. Because he was basically saying, even when your house is paid off, you're paying taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's... When well, Re- you dial 911, you know, it's it's a real estate. It's real. It's owned by the king and you're right. renting it from him. Right. Yeah, and when you dial 911, a paramedic's going to show up and um defibrillate you. So mm-hmm. a- and you've got a fire hydrant that'll put out your house in case it catches on fire. There are those things that we'll need to pay taxes for.
5: I guess it's um, indirectly kind but, of an insurance, really. It is. Sometimes the taxes.
3: Mm-hmm. I yeah. Yeah. but mm-hmm. I don't know. I I get frustrated with that whole idea, and I just, that's why I want people to have more common sense. I understand. The farmer dude probably needs to cross the road with his tractor or whatever, and can't everybody just slow down and anticipate? I mean, and this is the kicker of it, too. (laughs) That dude's at work, right? He's trying to, for the boss, man, he's trying to take the tractor from here to there, probably to go move a big old pile of manure, right? That's this dude's day. And then... The, the driver, and I don't want to pick on this lady because I don't know anything about her, but for all we know, it's somebody tearing down to the tasty freeze to get a dip, right? Or whatever. Um, slow down, people. There's a guy on a tractor. He's, he's probably uncomfortable being out on the road in a tractor with weird visibility and cars around, too. Um, stop. Don't crash into the tractor. That feels like that should be, <laughs> like... But everybody's in such a hurry, you know, we have very little respect for somebody else. And truly, at the end of the day, for all you know, it could have been that she just wanted to hit the lawsuit lottery. Uh, Tractor makes a left
4: turn. Boom! I was having trouble paying my mortgage anyway. All I can say is this, I want to see Jason do improv one day because you give him, <laughs> you know, a basic skeleton of a scenario yes. and and he'll like paint this entire picture for you as he rolls along. It's really brilliant. We we really would be a great <laughs> improv troupe. Yeah, we us. we could get this done. Now, the one thing I will say when it comes to homeowners insurance right now with the appreciation that's happened, one thing that I see my clients not doing since we're talking insurance. Yeah is looking at the value that they have it insured the,
7: for. The, and this goes back to what we were saying. Every other year you need to talk, you need to talk to your insurance agent. We are doing that for both of you guys. Yeah. Every other year we're pulling it up. We are looking at the value. Does it make sense? We're running a replacement cost, est- replacement cost estimator saying, because let's let's face it, because of the Santa Rosa fires and the fires down in Southern California, the the cost of plywood has gone up 50%. In yeah, a year I was just gonna
3: say I was just talking to a builder no way. buddy that said really? year to yeah. date, year to date the wood on the home's gone up fifty percent. And there's also there's starting to get into some wood lotteries now. So it can just be a lot more expensive. Not to mention labor for new constructed homes too is up like forty percent year to date. So it's pretty wild. Um chances are, yeah, your home went up in value, but also the parts it takes to assemble your home are dramatically higher than they were Five yeah. years ago, and people just it.
4: don't people just don't deal with it. I mean, they they get the policy; it renews every year. If nobody's looking at that, I've seen.
7: And you've got impounds; you haven't seen well, your policy
4: paperwork in years. I've gone to do refinances where I'm looking at it. You know, we get an appraisal in, you know, seven eight hundred thousand. You look at the you look at the insurance policy, and you go, "Okay, this was set up, you know, when my twenty one year old was like three. Yeah, yeah. the annual yeah. premium is four hundred dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. you're like and no, you're no, like pff. buddy.
3: You gotta you gotta you're, pay a little more attention here. You're nowhere near insured for that home. Yeah. And and to the flip side, I see the same thing too, is I'll be doing a loan for somebody where they're really concerned about, you know, wanting to save as much money as they can every single month. And I look through it, and it's like, well, the taxes are, right? The assessor sets them um, that is, you pay those. The Hacks. taxes are. They are. <laughs> they <laughs> that are. was a brilliant I'm way to put that. it. I'm stealing that. And then I I can help you within limits on your amortization term and your rate. Got some options to push the rate up and down. It's gonna move the payment a little bit. But why are you paying eighteen hundred dollars a year for your, you know, six hundred thousand dollar home for homeowners insurance? That's crazy. What are you doing? And they're like, Well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, Do you have, like, a furs collection or something? (laughs) (laughs) Oftentimes, they've got a $250 deductible. I see, too. Which is nuts because
5: when you really
3: need it, the insurance... Is this the sad thing, right, with homeowner stuff anyway? You need to have a claim that's, like, in the tens of thousands of dollars, really, to cash that puppy in. And then when you do it... Yeah, they just deduct your deductible, right? Mm -hmm. So, what's the thousand bucks or the two grand that it probably should be? What's that money? It doesn't even matter. You lost a hundred grand worth of flooring and drywall in your flood. I've had Um, that happen. The two grand is not that big of a deal at that point. Um, as opposed to the 250, it would have been, you know, could have saved 1,750 dollars on this deductible today. But then the insurance company fixes your thing, cuts you off, puts you on some blacklist, and now you and your house are like some redheaded stepchild. What the? It's not quite that bad.
4: Yeah, it is. But you, don't, don't, Brian, don't lie, dude. That was it, an unpleasant way to put it. <laughs> right.
5: <laughs> I did. I had that problem with the washing machine overflowing yep. in the middle of the night. And I get out, and my family room is like, why is my flat room carpet wet? I always wanted washing a pool, but not, yeah. in yeah, not, not in here. Not in here. <laughs> so the washing machine was still going. And I'm like, so I why had – Why going? Because it just kept Cycling. filling and filling.
3: Yeah, yeah. The,
5: the, the, the timer didn't it. go
7: to the next – Yeah, the switch, uh, the switch didn't shut it
5: off, so it kept coming that's out. That's bad news. So luckily, I mean, had, my insurance covered it. Yep.
4: Yeah, recovery. I had my house flood once too. Yeah,
5: I had had the had the uh they fixed they even fixed the washing machine. So, it's like <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was good. Roto-root-er
4: so that sock out of the drain hose Yeah, no, and you're it was
6: good. good to go. So re-
4: I will say this though. Yeah. I'm of a certain age. Uh-huh. 46, right? Oh. Yeah. You yeah, look yeah. a lot older than that. Oh, thank wow. you. Just this morning. Thanks. Ouch. Anyway, I've used it once. I've used my homeowner's insurance once. And it did was, you get blacklisted? Hey, it was it was well worth having, but having you know, a five hundred or two hundred and fifty dollars deductible when you just don't use it that often. When you need it, you need it. Yeah, right. It's not cat- saying that you don't. Catastrophic insurance, but I mean, and you're not going to use it, but a couple times in your life, maybe. How many times have you used it? Sixty percent of claims. Not flames. very much. Sixty
5: percent of planes you know. are water. But when you use it, you need it. it. You use it, and carpet isn't cheap. You no. know, so, drywall isn't I cheap. Mean, you know, drywall's not cheap. Paint's right. not cheap.
3: I've never used mine. I'm looking forward to it one day. Yeah, man. I'm going to get all kinds of new stuff. Look at you, man. I'm going to have always, Always
4: searching for an angle. My
3: (laughs) my Rolex is getting wet. (laughs) All right. We got to do a top of the hour commercial break. We'll be back in a few minutes here with another hour of Mortgage Matters. Hope you stick around.
5: songs ever made yeah. you got a little wayne's world going on um, here. we're, right we're, now. we're was- all <laughs> seriously having an
3: air, <laughs> air guitar contest amongst us so, so jim jim makes a concerted effort to choose a relevant bed to bring us back from breaks with yeah i try I don't know if you guys realize that and back in black actually i just want to talk about this stroke of genius that is um, our engineer over here
5: because of the insurance topic because if you have yeah, a yep. loss
3: and you're in the red your insurance is going to get you back in black. Oh. Mm. Oh,
7: don't play like you didn't know that. No, he, you said that he, you were on a blacklist forever. I think that's where he was going. Oh. <laughs> that you're blacklisted. That too. Which you are not. You are not blacklisted. Bang! That's where I'd be if you if I had a big old
4: loss, like my house flooded, and I'm like, what? I'm back finally in get black.
3: I my insurance. Yeah. I'm back in black. There it is. Put so, so, me up in the hotel for a couple of weeks while you all get in
4: there and work. <laughs> yeah. No, it, hey, the hotel stay is not as fun as you may think. No,
5: I've been no. there. Well, my other option was Grateful Dead, Touch of Grey, which not having insurance may give you a little touch of gray. Oh, <laughs> Hey, dude, that also is a great, yeah. great song.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Can't can't
5: go wrong there yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Um, uh, hey well as you guys would probably expect you know we uh, we spent our time out in the hallway during the break talking about the same thing because we love it um, that's what happens when you're you know passionate about what you do so you wanted to you wanted to keep talking about deductibles
7: yeah again insurance dude I'm such a dork I, I really dork out about these things but it, you know, you've brought me on this show, and again, I really appreciate the invitation. But if I can just provide one little nugget of of benefit to your listeners, I just want to say your deductible is the single most um, your coverage limit. And on a house, you don't have a choice. Your coverage limit is how much it's going to cost to rebuild it. And you don't have that. You don't have that in your control. But what you do have in your control is your deductible amount, and your deductible amount is. How much of a risk you're willing to shoulder as the homeowner versus the insurance company? And if you're using a $250 deductible amount, what you're saying is anything that happens in my life that costs more than $250, I'm calling up uh, you know, nationwide and I'm going to start the juggernaut and the process and the eight people that have to touch this to, to, to make me whole. And that's a really expensive proposition for your insurance provider and 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 they will charge you accordingly but if you get your your deductible up to $2500 now your insurance policy is more of a catastrophic policy sure. where where yeah i my my washing machine overflowed and i need to replace a door and some trim but i got a neighbor he's a construction guy he'll do it for a 30 pack of beer and uh, and some ribs that's what that's what your insurance company wants. Take care of the small stuff yourself, but if it's a big loss, if your house floods, and oh, we're yeah. talking carpet and flooring and subfloor and drywall, and uh. and we're going to have four people and there, a and your
5: MacBook, gonna be, oh, yeah. they paid for disaster cleanup. They paid yeah. for the flooring. They paid for the paint. They paid for new uh, baseboards. Everything. Oh yeah, yeah, paint. Uh-huh. yeah
7: no, no, and that's uh-huh. and that's when you need to use your insurance uh-huh. policy. That's a catastrophe and and that's when you need to do it. Mean, earthquake insurance, kind of the same thing. People come in and they go, "I don't get it, Brian. My deductible is ninety one thousand dollars on my earthquake policy. Well, first off, the earthquake's only a couple hundred dollars a year, and really, what they're saying is if your house falls over,
3: we'll put it back up." You just have to chip in 90 G's. Well, the... the But see, and I don't have earthquake insurance. I kind of want... I'm glad you brought this up. I wanted to talk to you about this. I I know I'm not a smart guy, okay? I went to state school. (laughs) Just a state school kid over here just trying to make it in the world. Sounds Um, like a journey lyric. If we have... A big enough earthquake that my house falls down, I figure there's going to be bigger problems than that all over California. That is probably going to lead to like guns and clean water. So, am I really going to be trying to chase <laughs> down like, I had this, I paid 200 bucks for this premium and I want my money? It's going to be like the National Guard's going to be in here trying to pull people off of other people is what's going to happen, right? Well, there's so just to it's answer. Like the-
4: describing the walking dead scenario? Yeah, he, yeah long- he is. He's going full. I was. Yeah,
3: but dude, so I and I was involved in in my house back in '93. I was, you know, still living at home, but my there was a significant earthquake. Our house was actually condemned. The second story mostly fell through to the first story, it destroyed this house. Um, and we at the time we were renting this house, so it wasn't really our problem. Um, but I've been through it and i can tell you that when you're in a town like that like in we were in big bear um the roads in and out were blocked it was total total chaos just uh, you, i couldn't it's like you haven't seen a movie capture this correctly um and the last thing that we were thinking about was insurance um and at the end of the day uh, it probably was close to for the homeowner it probably was close to 100 grand worth of damage so they probably would have been like, well, there was a hundred grand worth of damage, and your deductible is ninety grand. So here's ten grand, and you're, you're not. <laughs> you yes, you are. You are. You are seeing it the right
7: way. But usually, your deductibles between fifteen and twenty percent of your replacement cost. Mm. So if you have a three hundred thousand dollar replacement cost, that's sixty thousand dollar deductible.
3: Yeah. Okay. But are they going to replace it, or are they going to pay me? Um gosh, that's a great question. Because I would leave town like like I'm seeing it. So a Task and Arrows leveled, and I'm the smart dude that had the earthquake insurance, and they're like, All right, dude, your house is worth, you know, the land value, take that out. All so, you know, your replacement cost of your house is four hundred and fifty grand. So we're taking off ninety grand. Here's your three hundred and sixty thousand bucks. I would leave and be like, "Thank you." I'm gonna go to Nebraska now, where this crap doesn't happen, <laughs> and I'm gonna get a good head start with my three or grand, and I own a lot it, in yeah. a Tascadero. Yeah. Um, that's got a pile of house on it that I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> it's got a pile of it house that way because that makes me kind of want to buy
7: it, right? It does. It you are the insurance contract necessitates that you build like like condition in like location,
3: yeah, and which is why we have like. Uh, the Gulf Coast is like, hey, look at those houses underwater again. I okay, want to. I, I want to come back to that.
7: Yes, let's talk. To, let's talk about flood because of Florence. Let's talk about flood momentarily. But, but to, to solve the earthquake thing, it is it's catastrophic insurance, and it is if you lose the second floor of your home, you've got a bucket of money to replace that. And I, I look at it this way: the closer you get to either a paying off the asset or b getting closer to retirement age. What would you rather do? Would you rather use your low interest FEMA money to rebuild a four hundred thousand dollars house, or use your low interest FEMA money to pay your sixty thousand dollars deductible? And that's the question you need to ask. That's that. that and really, dollars and cents—that's no, what we're I'm, talking about. That makes sense. And 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 you know, you said you know we're going to be we're going to be going back to the Walking Dead scenario. You're right. In the intervening days, if we have an earthquake that causes that much damage to modern structures, yeah, it's going to be a pretty rough go. But um, we live in a big state, and the whole state isn't impacted identically. We live in the San Andreas fault zone. Boy, howdy. We're going to feel that thing move a lot more than San Diego will or Sacramento But I feel
3: will. like if this place shakes hard enough to make my house fall down – then that nuke plant's gonna melt down too, and there's no amount of you building me a new house, and so I'm gonna want to go to it.
7: And, I, I, and that's and that's that's true. And, that, and that's so it's probably good that you don't have. Look, honey,
3: we got a brand new house and a brand new arm. Everything's happening here.
4: Everything's glowing. Yeah. I love the way you
7: glow in the in the fallout.
4: It's not not a fallout. Not the same nuclear process. But okay. <laughs> They actually are different ones, splitting it ones. You know, See, We are it.
7: three of the dorkiest guys I know because only Will <laughs> would know the difference between between fallout and whatever well, whatever know, it's called whatever
3: out. Whatever the other the, version is. The Fukushima.
7: Yeah,
4: yeah, still yeah. Spillover,
7: if you will. But yeah, no, the, the, the earthquake insurance, it, 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 it's a tool that makes sense for a certain aspect, you know, certain segment of people. My my in-laws have a nice house in a Tascadero that was built in the 70s. It's not built to 90s code. Uh. Our houses were built in the 90s. More than likely, it's going to take a real good shaking. But their house was built by an architect on sand in a Tascadero. Yeah, no, they they better be buying that earthquake insurance because they can have a liquefaction. That whole house could slide right down the hill.
6: That'd
3: be wild.
7: And, and it'd be a fun ride, huh? Riding the roof and surfing <laughs> the hill. <laughs> yeah. And a tile
3: roof. Yeah. No, it,
7: exactly. So that's, they're the type of people who need an earthquake policy because they are someone who's going to collect. And by the way, it's a very solvent fund. Everyone talks about the state of California being broke. Yeah. Not the CEA, the California Earthquake Authority. They're sitting on billions and billions. I've heard it's in the, it's in the high teens or low 20s, the billions of dollars in excess premium they're sitting on. Oh. Because we haven't had, knock on wood, we haven't had that big one that the property losses exceeded the reserves. So it's actually it's fully funded and and in good shape. Yeah, you need. I mean, to every time
3: I talk
5: about earthquakes, there's a big one. So yeah, I, let's stop. You're welcome. <laughs> I kind of have a, a question too. Like they have that building in San Francisco that's leaning. Oh, you know, the house- Millennium Tower. Yeah, these people mm. that own these condos. If they're forced that to tear, tear that Wars building down, chip. does insurance ever kind of come into that situation? Because these people have homeowners, homeowners insurance, I'm sure.
7: Yeah, they have homeowners insurance, and with that, they're the tenants versus the the it's a it's a tower building, so you're in a condo contract. Yeah, um, the person who's really the insurance that's on the hook is the people who built it. The people who built it had uh, uh products and completed operations coverage as yeah. part of their commercial policy and they probably have I don't know 10 million 15 million dollars which of course won't even cover the cleanup of that building yeah. let when alone it falls. it's right yeah. yeah it it wouldn't it's
5: not wet yeah if it gets wet
7: it's not it's not going to be a great it's not going to be a great turnout but yeah. as a condo owner you might if you're forced out of your home because of leaning um, you've got some coverage to help you with that transition so um, if you need to live in a hotel while you're moving, if there's you know additional moving expenses, there is part of your condo mm-hmm. homeowners policy that would help you with that transition but no it's not going to reimburse you for the purchase price of your millennium tower condo mm-hmm. that's that's not it's not an, a financial instrument it's not yeah. it's it's really it's to it's to protect you from loss yeah it's not to um it's not a, a financial hedge against against inflation I, and I pulled change. up an
3: article here about the Millennium Tower I just want to share with you guys because um you ever laying in bed at night worrying about things and you just can't sleep <laughs> I don't generally worry about the I'm tower I'm not the, the 53rd millennium floor of a tower that's leaning yeah I, I might, might be I want worried. you to picture this okay uh if you are one of the homeowners in, in, in San Francisco, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but housing is very expensive. Yes. It's a little bit of a shortage. You don't say. Um, <laughs> some might even call it a crisis. So now you live in a building that's like falling over and it's scary. Um, so on Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, on the uh, 36th floor A window broke as a result of the shift and rains down glass and debris down 36 floors. So in those nice buildings, the floor is, what, 12 or 14 feet? Yep. So you got utilities running between them, so a little more than a normal residential build. So what do we got? 14 times 36. It's a lot of feet. Yeah, that could hurt somebody. Yeah. So you're... Coming from 60 feet up, you got glass and debris flying out from this uh, window that's just breaking as a result of the settling and twisting of this building. So now the uh, on Wednesday morning, um, the city of San Francisco sent the managers um, basically a demand of, you're going to have to do some stuff here for, or we're just going to tag this building and just be done. Um, and so one of the things that they're requiring is that they install an overhead protection system. So picture this oh, probably like boy. down around the bottom, a little bit of scaffolding with like a – basically put one of the – you know the dog collar, like the cone of shame? Yes. <laughs> they want like this, the cone of shame. Yeah. They want this down on like the second floor to catch falling crap that's coming off this building in the night so that the pedestrians walking around – the building down on the ground are a little bit safer. Yeah. They need to make an arcade like they do in New Orleans. All the New Orleans buildings have that second story
7: porch balcony type thing. Yeah. I think they're called an arcade. Yeah, yeah. That they, they're going to do that. Make make the old and the new meet up together.
4: See, I'm just waiting to start yeah. seeing the pictures on Facebook where people are like holding up the Leaning Tower of Pizza, yeah. but <laughs> the know, Leaning Millennium Tower, the Leaning Millennium Tower. You can make all kinds of different poses.
5: Well, I wonder I how much the city's on the hook for it too, because they should have signed off on that. It'll, building inspectors should have signed off on some of the stuff.
3: Well, settling after construction, though, yeah.
5: um, and, and also
3: there was an article a couple weeks ago about California sinking in general because of the drought, and I, I, it was a little bit of a hype article, but um, I'll tell you what, though, over there, the um, Coast Nissan BMW building, mm-hmm. they recently did a pretty um, substantial overhaul of that building. But years back, I knew a dude, and, and so I got this stuff first, let's call it like one5 handish. hand-ish. Um, this dude worked there, um, and essentially, he said they, they went into work one morning um, to find those huge plate glass windows in the front were all broken, and they called the police assuming it was vandalism, right? And so that part of town at night could be- oh, absolutely. So the insurance company, everybody involved, and they ordered new glass, right? Okay, yeah, the looks can't really tell how they broke, but they definitely broke. Could be vandalism, so they bought new glass. I don't see the brick inside the uh, the showroom. So the guys come out to install the new glass, and they're like, "Hey, we got an issue here. Is it don't that fit. yeah? This is not square." And so. And, again, it, I don't know that this is perfectly true because I wasn't the person that was there. But what I heard was that that whole area over there, um, which you can kind of tell is like old marsh, le- like wetland. Absolutely. From where Costco, Home Depot, all the ocean air track. Look at how green all the fields are well into, like, May. and it, Well, and it kind of matches that whole little valley, like, from the freeway, even the other side where that farmland is. You can tell that's all sort of, like shouldn't water be there wouldn't you expect that it's probably likely so anyways it's supposedly there's kind of like a perched aquifer out there that all that sat on it's kind of like a wetland Mm -hmm. and as the water um was ultimately used and evaporated or you know percolated through whatever it got so dry in those drought conditions that the whole thing just sort of settled down and that building in particular just came out of square and the windows popped pretty crazy so that'd be a good insurance claim. And then what though? You thought it was a rock, and now it turns out you need a new building. Yeah, and yeah. So that's we're talking about commercial property, and that's a little that's a horse of a
7: different color. It's not that's not a homeowner's. It's it's commercial, and um, I doubt that Coast Nissan owns the building, so they're just a tenant. And and so yeah. Now, now we're getting now we've got th- several things at play here, but. Um, Sinking land. Some policies include it. Some policies policies don't, um, and that's that whole thing. You know, a good agent would have caught that and said, "Yeah, we need to make sure that you've got uh, settling land as uh, coverage for the the landowner, the home, the people who actually built the the building and own it." Now, of course, the making it pretty and the glass, and that's that's a tenant improvement. So, Coast Nissan's on the hook for that stuff. So,
3: as long as you're um, as long as you're talking about these things that aren't covered. Um, well it could be covered if you have a good agent it, it yeah. would be covered so I'm kind of curious because I get this thing from my insurance it's like all these pages of things right like I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> they have
7: words
4: on them yeah. and I pay no I mean, attention gonna to gonna them at all no. like, all
7: 130 pages that they send you in that big white envelope
4: Right. that will so, get getting read
3: like, yeah and I cut to the middle and it's like yep will not cover fire breathing dragons yep yep got that move over to the next one you know um, but what in your experience, though, as the insurance dude, what are the things, have you seen things pop up where the the practical side of you, the common sense, like compassionate side of you is like, dude, that should be covered. And you find out that it's like excluded for some reason that feels pretty unjust. Have you come across that? Not
7: unjust, but I, I, I guess you're, I could see it from both sides. So here's the one. Yes, it happens to me. It seems every other month. Oh, good. Somebody. Okay. somebody, somebody does this that make really it head, feel better at all? Somebody it's, calls I'm me I'm going to go read that thing now. No, <laughs> no, no, no. This was it, 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 you, You've got special form coverage. So you're basically covered for everything except nuclear uh, nuclear event, in case there's a riot. You know, you've know, you got all things covered except for eight things. So you're good as far as that's concerned. But a tree limb falls. This is all – especially if in Paso Robles, yeah, Tascadero would suffer this as well. A tree limb falls – And it causes damage. Well, who gets coverage? So here's the thing. It's my neighbor's tree and the branch fell on my house. Who gets coverage? Well, I'm going to sue my neighbor. It doesn't work that way. Unless you said your neighbor, hey, your tree looks like it's ailing, and It's going to drop
3: a limb. This happened to my good friend last year, about maybe two years ago now. And the takeaway was everybody that has a neighbor with a tree – should send their neighbor a letter today and say that tree is sick and should be removed and they will say you're <laughs> dumb and they will throw your letter away but now you're good you're covered you I
7: I I don't want to condone this practice cuz I love trees uh but but you're not wrong on on the liability side you are 100% not not wrong if a, if your neighbor's tree fells my, a branch into your house or your car or
3: your yard, you're on the hook for everything. My buddy had, up in Big Bear, they have these lodgepole pines that yes. are a hundred and something feet tall. Oh, boy. Yep. And he had a lot of them on his property. They live in a cool part of Moonridge, and one of them fell. And it fell across the corner of his neighbor's house. Yep. And the crazy thing was, so he called me, right? I, I'm the guy in my friend's life. People call me, right? Garbage disposal won't work. Hmm. Law- I'm the I'm Lawyer called me. Yeah. You know, whatever, <laughs> what right? What do I do? And so I was like, well, okay, well, I don't know. But I have some friends that are in insurance, so I'll make some phone calls. We'll talk in a little bit. The other insurance company... Um, immediately started demanding of him, take liability, you know, make these payments, cover this stuff, and the the homeowner's policy for the house that was damaged. And he was like, they're telling me now that they're going to sue me and, like, try to attach my everything. And I'm like, from what I heard, I don't think that's true. And he said, well, I don't want to call my insurance company because then you know they're going to be tipped off and be mad at me and they'll probably cancel me or something and then I'm going to be in a bad way so it's probably like better off if they don't know I'm like well I don't know if that's good practice cuz they'll probably fight the other insurance company of like you know yes. better than to be harassing this guy he's no liability here but at the end of the day it also felt really weird that a, your tree dude you this is your tree you're responsible for this tree and its maintenance and Um, But that was what it came down to. It was a healthy tree Mm -hmm. with no, nobody was even suspicious that this tree was at risk of falling. It was a normal, good, healthy tree who I guess it just happened to be that the root ball ran into some rocks and just wasn't as strong as it probably should be for being 160 feet tall. Yep. And one day it fell over. So bummer. But it was like that guy's insurance, the neighbor dude's insurance had to fix his own house. Yep. So and that's the, it, that's crazy. It falls under act of God. Because if because if you're my neighbor and a tree from your house hits my house, that's on you, buddy. That you should be paying for that. So these lawyers have figured out how to be like, ah.
7: we actually it's it's kind of it comes down to the fact that we're we're a no fault state. So the, the reality of it is you do you and I do me, and 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 yeah, like you said, you send me a letter saying that this this tree is diseased and I don't do anything. Now it's a liability claim. But we're talking about property. So a tree falls out of the forest and hits my
3: house. What are my options? Well, you get money. Well, where to- Where is my house, though? Because if ideally I'm like I'm suing the county, I'm suing the city, I'm suing forestry, I'm suing <clears throat> Cal Fire and Conservation Corps. And I'm.
7: <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't sue anybody. You call your insurance company as the homeowner that was damaged. You call your insurance company, say a tree fell on my house. And they say, okay, there's money set aside for the cleanup, so they'll send the dudes out with the chainsaws and they'll cut it up and leave rounds in your in your yard and take all the the foliage away, and then they'll call the the contractor who'll come out and make your your rebuild your deck and put your your shingles back on the roof.
3: That's then, why you have home and insurance. And then am I blacklisted and my premium's going to triple?
7: No, okay, it, it will. Your claim history follows you. You, you, you just like it, your credit history follows you. So it's it's that's all it is. Is it, hey, you had a a tree fell on your but, house. It's but a
3: Brian. <laughs> what if it's the only- Jason's afraid of being on this list? I, apparently, I, clearly. No, he- I just it it makes me mad because what <laughs> if there's one tree, only one, a sole tree, and that's the tree that fell, and you're like, dude, now your premium is going up because of the tree fell, and I'm like, bro. There's no more risk. There's no more trees. The only tree fell, and you're like, "Yeah, but your premium just doubled." I've actually, i
7: I fought that fight. I have fought that fight, and you lost. No, the insurance there's, there's company. No, there's paid. no more trees. There's no more trees. We have actually, we have actually excluded a risk for you. You're welcome.
3: Here's a picture, <laughs> and we
7: won. They're, they're rational okay. people at insurance companies. They're rational. Oh, what? Yes.
3: I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, I need to sit down for a minute. We need to take a break while I think about there being rational people at insurance companies. That's, an, I'm happy to hear that. It oh, feels overwhelming, though. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's take a break and collect ourselves after that news. Uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters.
0: Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling
3: 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved.
1: Just call 543 Loan. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 018 08. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328 We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Dean. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gain's locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914.
5: other so skeletons and yeah. i think
4: that was their only music video wasn't it um, did they do one no there's yeah. some videos yeah, I, I know there's live concert video but i don't remember one made for like mtv except for that one hmm.
3: but i could be wrong well touch of gray was one of the like billboard hits oh for sure huge like to the formula yeah yeah, yeah. um no, there's a lot of, like, even Grateful Dead did even some movies they produced, so there's videos that have come out of that and
4: things mm, like that. Cool.
3: Yeah. That but one's cool, Those are, like, skeletons. I think
5: it's their biggest hit is Touch of Grey. Biggest hit? No. no Most no, mainstream. No? no? Uh, well, other, it was their biggest commercial success. Yeah.
3: Right. I would venture to guess that um, Truckin' yeah. is a bigger okay. pop culture song than Touch yeah. of Grey. And I, I would wanna... even what about Casey Jones? Just, yeah, yeah. Casey Jones is up there, but then also West LA Fade Away got a lot of radio play. More people know West LA Fadeaway that don't even know that it's the Grateful Dead, but they know that they know that song and know words to that yeah, song.
7: Yeah, well, well said. But, uh, but those are, I mean Truckin's that's a pulp that's that's you know, lexicon.
3: Yeah. We use those but, phrases. Truckin, Casey Jones, Touch of Grey, West LA Fadeaway, those are your big those are your big out into the mainstream. People know those songs. Sugar that, Magnolia. That will say, I don't like The Grateful Dead. But they know yeah. those songs. I'm that anyway. guy.
7: I'm that guy. I'm raising really? my hand. Uh, you know what I I they when you put together a studio album, it's great, but when you're actually at their sh- at their show and you're at minute eighteen of the of the interim solo. So yeah. <laughs> um, when they record something, it's great. But when you're there live, boy, howdy! Can we move on to the next song, please?
5: Mm. Yeah, uh, I disagree. I love it. I, yeah, I think I think I could hang out. Well, grateful, and I mean, let's
3: call thing. spade a spade. Though, too, is that many of those shows were were engineered for drug use too. And so, at the live shows, when you are in minute eighteen, but the band's on drugs and the crowd's on drugs, and it's all working because the whole thing's built for LSE. I mean, that's. I understand what you're saying, why that may not be appealing. My deadhead friends Um,
7: have explained it to me. You're too sober for the show.
3: Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, I get it My (laughs) favorite Grateful Dead song, or joke, there's a couple of them. Uh, One of them is, um, what does the deadhead say when they run out of drugs? What do they say? This music sucks.
7: (laughs) (laughs) We are going to so get hate mail. I I can feel it coming right now.
3: Uh. I... um, no, I'm a huge Grateful Dead fan and I've been to a lot of Grateful Dead shows. I've never done LSD. So I I personally, I think I appreciate um, that I love those long parts of those drawn out jams where um, a lot of it's just improv mm-hmm. and they're just playing off one another and having fun. And I think as a musician, um, I appreciate that and I I love watching that and, be, and witnessing it. And um, I don't know, I've... I I love the grateful dead.
7: I don't like jazz Huge either. Fan. I don't like jazz either. I don't like the fact that I don't know where this is going. Now I love classical music.
3: Yeah. And you I drove down here like listening to a book on tape, didn't you?
7: Well, I was with I was with uh, Will, so we 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 carpooled cuz we're, you know, we're conscious like that. Uh-huh. I don't know what we were listening to. We weren't we were talking. We oh, were yammering. Yeah, you know, we were we were like, oh wait, what, we, what are we gonna talk about?
5: You, know, yeah, you were yeah. listening just, to the motor mouse on the way in here. Yes, that's what we were doing. <laughs>
3: yes.
6: <laughs> it, I'm not
3: I'm not offended that you would say I don't like the dead. Um you'd just I'd prefer it if you'd just acknowledge that you haven't been properly exposed. <laughs> I, I, There's and I will. a catalog <laughs> of music that goes from literally like bluegrass, country folk R and B, rock, I do acid like the jazz. they've stuff. been. I there's the genre. It, it transcends any one style of music, and some of it, like I mean, Jim and I did this a little bit. I named off some songs for him. I don't know a couple years ago where we played a few, and there's some stuff like put on like. Eyes of the world, or something, where when it comes on, you can't listen to that and say, "I don't like this." Right, no, no. I get it if you don't like the association and you don't like the culture, you don't like the twenty-minute jam that happens. I understand. I that. love their studio stuff, the
7: the dead studio stuff. It's lexicon, you know. We all don't we all at one point go, "Man, this week has been so rough. I feel like I've been living on vitamin C and cocaine." We've said we've we have those words have left our left our, our and I've never actually
3: seen that substance in actual living on Reds, vitamin, vitamin C, C and cocaine. cocaine. It's that that's the you need all three of see, those see, to really find normal. Stuff.
4: They're all counteracting each other. Uh, yeah. All right, so I have an insurance question. Okay, ba- ba- back to the Let's show. Say I guess you're driving a train. <laughs> Okay. High on cocaine, <laughs> and, you, and you're going faster
3: than you maybe should, right? And then, and then to boot, the switchman's sleeping. Okay, as you now you get a uh, hundred and two. Turns out who's liable, well, you, and you're on the wrong track. Okay, yeah.
4: No, seriously though. <laughs> <laughs> seriously though, for years, right? I would be I'd do alone and I'd always wait to get the appraisal. Before I would even start talking to insurance people, I'd, you know, find out who they wanted to use or whatever the case may be. We get the appraisal and, you know, you generally have a cost to rebuild Mm -hmm. on one of those. Yep. So I felt like, you know, at that point, I had a little bit more information. Somebody else was telling me this place is worth this much money because the cost estimators, they were not that good. They're still not that great. Well, they're way better. Well, I think a lot of the appraisers
3: are finally catching up to what the cost estimator is being used. So it was a book, right, with Marshall and Swift or something where you would look it up. Okay, this many square feet with a, you know. Um, Oh, this is
7: a
4: wood deck. This is a covered deck. This is an enclosed porch. This is a – you're right. And they bust it through, right? I don't know. But for some reason recently, it seems like I get – I don't know. They're close. Well, and the models are improving.
3: I think also, though, is that um, in recent years, like in the last 10 years, we've started seeing it's pretty common now to see guaranteed replacement on homes where back in the day there wasn't guaranteed replacement. So it was like there still isn't not here in
4: California.
7: Guaranteed replacement. That's that's a tough get. Well, I think well, you talk talking about
4: ACB versus uh, extended RCB.
7: Re- replacement cost and extended replacement cost. Absolutely.
3: Sure. Where it's like you're you're covered for 150% of your yeah. estimated replacement cost. Extended replacement cost. Replacement I mean, cost. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. wrong term. Well, well, no guaranteed replacement don't cost. Don't shame me for no, no. not knowing the right insurance term. Well, shame. I, I don't want not... to be. I don't want to be insurance shamed. I on want my to own illuminate. Show, Brian.
7: I don't want to shame. I want to illuminate. Okay, illuminate <laughs> me. Well, guaranteed replacement cost. If you have a house that's got hundred-year-old millwork oh. and and Carrara marble that was that was you know mined from the the hills of Italy, yeah, that's a guaranteed replacement cost situation where you need like for like, and like is almost not. Attainable anymore? It's it's, it's kind of like what I worry about with my truck. You, you, there's only one way to replace it because it's your truck, and, and
3: only yeah, you. Yeah, know man. Know. And then and then when it gets wrecked one of these days, you're going to be like, dude, the insurance company is going to give you ten thousand bucks for your truck, and I'm going to be so mad. Uh, uh, yes. And I'm going to be like, no, Brian, you go find me this, Brian. <laughs> well, no, you tell me now.
7: It before. May not exist. You tell me now before you get in the
3: accident, so we can make sure you're covered for that.
7: But. Wow. But yeah, no, guaranteed replacement cost is a, is a challenge. It, it, it's not a standard coverage here in California. Um, it extended replacement cost or replacement cost, yes, but not guaranteed replacement. That's not typically done here in California. Okay, and it, it, can it be gotten? Sure,
4: but it's not. It's not standard. And yeah, most of the time they're just going for like kind and quality, right? Yeah, is like, the term they exactly they use right. functional replacement? Yeah, well, you know, and they used to actually write actual cash value policies, that-
7: and they still do for mobile homes. For mobile homes, really. Your mobile home. This is the, this is the thing that – mobile home thing I, – I love people who live in mobile homes. I'm not saying – this is not a derogatory thing, but the, the cost-benefit analysis usually goes this way. If I was to stick-build this house, it's going to cost me $380,000. I can get a functional – Manufactured home. Manufa- a functional replacement
3: for roughly half – if you know, I see them for free if you move it
7: well okay that's a 40 year old one but what I'm saying you've got a piece of property this is this the Central Coast is beautiful and you've got a nice spread overlooking the Creston Valley oh, and yeah. you want you want to put a mobile home on it or you want to build but the it's going to take three years to get through planning and you get the architect and you start adding up the costs and you're like I can just go buy a mobile home I could I could be in my house in six months for half the cost right your insurance is higher the entire life of of the of the property, and you're you're always you're not getting the coverage. Your actual Why cash value
3: insurance higher
7: because you could, if you were so inclined, Ooh, hook it up and take it away. It is not a stationary asset. Even if it's anchored, you can still cut that bolt and move along. Little when, I was, I it. when I
3: was when
7: uh, I was and and losses usually when a mobile home catches on fire, it's a complete loss. Oh yeah, the loss when the loss like ratio a is year, higher. Well,
4: that mobile manufactured you know they've
3: gotten a lot better but the industry is still lagging behind mm, i don't know so would you say the insurance on a manufactured home like that costs double i that is not That's not an unsafe number i i, I can't say it for everybody but
7: yes your $380,000 house I just versus like,
3: i just like to be able to to help people with that um dose of reality because This comes up a lot in the loan world where, um, especially for somebody that, I mean, because it's expensive to live around here, right? And so invariably somebody will come in and maybe they're at the front end of, maybe they're a little early, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're upward trajectory at work in terms of income and you're down, you're saving, but you don't have that much yet. So you you get through the whole prequal and I'm like, all right, well, you're approved for $330,000. And... It most people look right at you right away and be like, what can I find for $330,000 in slow County? Well, a condo
6: yep.
3: or a mobile home manufactured home somewhere in a park or on some land. Um, and then immediately you got to start telling them why though, that's not a great idea, but we get that a lot. And the trouble is, is that, um, and I'm happy to know that the insurance is more. I mean, not not. I'm not happy that it is more, but I I'm glad the to knowledge. have that knowledge yep. because sometimes you see, "Well, I buy this place down on South Highera, and it's 190 thousand bucks, and it's how else can you live in slow for 190 thousand bucks? Yeah, but space the rent. space rents a thousand bucks a month, which is equivalent to about 200 thousand dollars of purchase power. Okay, and now we got to talk about. Um, I I got to give you a higher interest rate and a shorter amortization period. So that's worth something. Um, and then with this added insurance cost, you're looking potentially the $300,000, those extra costs might make up $300,000 in purchasing power. So you add that to the $190,000 cost of the depreciating asset in this manufactured home, now we're at nearly $500,000. So you hmm. might be... Apples to apples here, except for one of the investments, the $500,000 house is going to be appreciating in value over time, and then the uh, mobile or manufacturer, like you said, I was kind of tongue-in-cheek when I said, free you, move it. That's true. It absolutely is. But those is. are the ones that are 30 or 40 years old. Yep.
5: Well, plus, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, if you get a fixed rate, your, your rate doesn't go up, right? Mm-hmm. So... But your space rent could go up. Absolutely. It can. And we've so, also... It will. So it will. you might wind up spending more for that. Especially
3: in if you're... Yeah, in, in that situation, you're mm. describing somebody that lives in a... Um, like mm. a manufactured home community. Um, and I've seen... I mean, from a planning standpoint and also a lending standpoint, th- mm. that's almost a protected class of people, mm. right? It can be. It's, it's yep. where... You know, those are those are generally in an area – like, and think about the Central Coast here. It's a pretty good example of um, some affordable housing opportunities. And so the local governments aren't going to take it lightly when the big developer comes in and says, oh, I'm buying the trailer park, I'm throwing all these bums out, and I'm going to turn that thing into a – what? What do we put there? Depends on which one we're talking about. We're,
7: we're going to talk about a mixed-use project, man. We're going to have retail and and residential in the same footprint.
3: And the city's going to go,
5: wait, wait, wait. No, isn't, no, no. And, isn't that what's kind of happening over there on Mars Street? Yeah, it actually the, is happening. The right red house the there, yeah. and then they, they kicked out the... Uh, uh, I
3: don't think it's happening. It's happened there. Yeah. Um, and But in those cases, though, and I don't know the details of it, but I would assume that those people were well compensated and ultimately left under their own fruition after, of course, being uh, coerced with yeah, were, lump sums of cash. They were bribed out, yeah. Sure. They were bought out. Um, and for that, I'm like, if you're... Uh, and I understand there were some holdouts in there. Golden ticket. Um, but if 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 you came to my house today and you said, buddy, we're going to need you to move out because we got big plans for this whole part of the block here, I'd be like... Where's your checkbook, pal? Um, Because there's a lot of stuff about my house. I've spent a fair amount of money making it how I really like it. I'm right in the spot I really want to be. So it's going to cost you a real pretty penny, but everybody's got a number. Everyone. At least I do. I I want to
5: make a quick correction. That's Hygara Street, not Marsh Street.
3: Well, it's street to street out there, isn't it? It goes from Hygara to Marsh. I do think it was addressed to Marsh, though, isn't it?
5: I'm not sure
3: about that. Maybe. I I don't know. Anyway... um, but, yeah, I and maybe it's different if you're, like, living in the house your dad built, right, or something like that. Right. Which I'm not. <laughs> so I, I have a number. I, I have a number, too. Yeah. Oh, dude, definitely I have a number. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and mine's not
7: even that. Mine, mine's attainable. Someone could walk up to Someone could own my house today if they had a, a checkbook and a desire. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll I'll leave my stuff if they want when
3: I work
4: for, for the dude, dogs. I grew up moving. I'll move again no it happens. <laughs> when I
3: worked for Caltrans, I worked in environmental planning in Caltrans, and so I was you know there's all these kind of teams that work on every project, and we would do like my department was responsible for like permitting and so we work with the various de- agencies within Caltrans to to accomplish a project right? Well, part of our jurisdiction was that widening down in Santa Barbara. And one of the most fascinating things about us is several of the uh, properties that abut um, that area were um, – they were trailer parks mm-hmm. or um,
7: – Mobile home communities? Yeah.
3: Also, some stick-built residents and up. And as you guys know, like if you've driven through Santa Barbara, you know, well, slow, we have a little bit of it too. You, people will build right up to that sound wall. Pew. Well, Santa Barbara's so old, so expensive, and um housing's obviously been in crisis there for a long time, right? So you started taking inventory We're like down there, you got a little rumble pack on with the g p s thing where you're marking off like well, this is where center of the road and here should be the right way, so this has always been Caltrans owned space, but there's four trailers tucked in here with some mature vegetation like these things have been here for a while so it like got to be where the trailer park was set up and everybody moved in and then the road went like this and then somebody was like let me throw my trailer right there and they were like that's actually not our land and was like mm, i don't i'll i'll risk it i'll rent it to you as long as i can so now through like imminent domain those people that had no right to be there were actually being paid to leave and then the other crazy thing too, which is like, if that wasn't crazy enough, like some of them were like, we'd pull up, and then there'd be like a dude with like a, like a conversion van parked there. Like, this is my house, so you got to you got to buy me a you got to buy me a house now because this is where I live.
5: The the development we were talking about is five forty six Highgara Street. Okay, yeah, it is Highgara Street. Yeah. Anyhow, then and then the other thing that was crazy too was
3: like, so that stuff started happening. And then there was other people that were like, all of a sudden, people showing up like for like. Well, I need my compensation. Um, I live at that house too. So, you're like, look at the list. And you're like, you're the seventy second person to live at that house right now. Right.
7: <laughs> uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know how you all. I don't know how you all managed living in that two that single wide. But yes, yeah, yeah, seventy seven people. It was tight. It was tight, and we don't want to go. We slept standing up. Yeah. The, you, we stacked ourselves in there like cordwood standing up but yeah no it, it it's it, the the mobile home thing is is know what you just know what you're doing and know what you're getting into and knowing that your costs are going to be higher the entire time and in the end you're left with a zero value asset that and that's tough to explain to people yeah. at the front half of it because this is your dream and and if it's your dream then own it and and know what it is but oh, I get so much um so much flack when I do a um a homeowner's on it with a mobile home and and I give them the like, what are you talking about? My sister has a seven hundred thousand dollar house in a Tascadero and her her she's paying six fifty a year and you're trying to ask me for fifteen fifty. I A, I am just the agent. I am the go between. Right. But the reality of it is you are asking them to insure something that is if it get if it were to catch on fire is likely going to be a, a complete loss. And if you got mad enough you could pick it up and take it with you. So I started to
4: tell you I, don't I was not that I think that it would be the fire thing anymore. I mean, most of these things are two by six construction, they're sealed airtight, like insulation. Yeah. I'm not confident. I was that that's probably all, I was probably ground, a year please. and a
3: half or two years into underwriting. And um I did I did some this was out in Colorado, in kind of a rural part of Colorado. And um There was some loans written for a guy with some manufactured housing. It looked pretty sweet, actually, because some of them really can. Came in on a couple pieces, but it had like a chalet-type appeal to the front with a nice redwood deck. It really looked like a nice house. This dude had like three lots in a row, built these things. They looked great. And um, never made a payment. And in the mortgage world, that's a tricky thing when you give somebody a loan and they don't pay. Um, and there's a, there's a few different types of default that happen. But from like a lender standpoint, there's a um, the first payment default. That's basically the worst kind. Like you give somebody a loan and they don't make the very first payment. Well, there's some laws to... On a brand-new loan, you can't really mark somebody late for a couple months because maybe they didn't get their mail, they, their checkbook's in the moving box, they're at a new residence, all these things, right? So usually you start calling and, hey, pal, you know, didn't get your payment times three and uh, just check in kind of what's going on. What's happening before before we start the lawyer, before we fire up the lawyer machine? Yeah, and couldn't get a call back, whatever. So finally we sent... Um, one of the field inspection services we had in Colorado, we sent over there and this guy came back and said, I just can't find what you're talking about. And we're like, no, oh, here's the address. Oh, no, I I understand where it is. I see the mailboxes. Uh, we pulled up and there's there are these houses that you think are there or not there. And it was like, uh, and we we'd, we'd went through all the steps of making sure these things were properly, permanently installed, axles removed, tongues removed um and it was really really upsetting to learn that um that was dude's game and we later found out through some legal action that he had done this with about 6 lenders with those same 3 houses and the game was um get some dirt finance some homes and then um cut them off weld them up pull them away rinse and repeat and uh it was it was insane and so, oftentimes, people say, "Well, I, I, don't, I don't understand why banks are so reluctant to even do these mobile home loans. It's the affordable thing. It's it's not fair." I'm like, well, that's why. Yeah. No, <laughs> and and and,
7: and, 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 and well, I mean, you're right. The, the modern the modern manufactured home <laughs> is is orders of magnitude better than the ones that were built at the beginning, at the dawning of the industry back in the. In the 70s, when they were using two by three construction and everything was plastic, right? Well, everything was, it was petroleum
4: on well, petroleum. Well, pre 76, oh, yeah. before
3: HUD got involved, um, they they were not even built to like a standard for habitation, right? No.
4: But I mean, nowadays, there's some of these things that are. That are built pretty sturdy. Better yeah. than homes, I could argue. I mean, I'm sure. Two by, two nice by six. You know, it's, it's, they're nice. I just, I, I just saw
7: a great YouTube article about a, a mobile home park in, in Palm Springs. <laughs> People were just basically, they were abandoning mobile homes. Well, they went through and they pulled out all these abandoned mobile homes that were built in the 70s and they're putting tiny homes in their place, but they're not stick built tiny homes. They're, they're built by a mobile manufacturer and put on site. And, and it, I'm, I told the wife, I said, we're 30 years away, but, man, that looks great. I want a tiny home in Palm Springs. Let's do this. They Dude. are amazing. Two by six, two by six R34. The, the, it's better than pretty much anyone, anything that's being built in, wow. in Palm
4: Springs right now. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the whole tiny homes thing. I, you know, people too close to me, not my thing. These that's are, why I don't like Walmart. They're putting a single wide <laughs> on a double lock. <laughs> uh, good point there. There's uh, – you know what?
3: Tell you what. We'll come back next week. We'll spend the show talking about the reasons why I don't like
6: Walmart.
3: <laughs> and, um, we can do two hours on that. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. Um, Brian, thanks a bunch for uh, coming in today. And um, My pleasure. Hope people got a sense of the kind of guy you are and your your level of insurance acumen. If somebody wants to contact you, how do they get a hold of you? You can call me at the office,
7: uh, 805-238-1818. Uh we're at 1503
3: Park Street in downtown Paso Robles. Sweet. Will, thanks
4: for coming in and getting Dan a day off. No, I hope his kids had fun playing soccer. I hope he had fun watching. I'm sure he did. Yeah. And uh well,
3: that's it. It's a wrap. Uh if you guys want help with anything loan related, give us a call this week uh 805-543-loan which is 543-5626. Or find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. We will be back next week with another live episode of Mortgage Matters. You all be safe and have a great week.